Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 at Edmonton Hour number 2. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operator place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. I'm at Bob underscore Stoffer. Brendan's at Brendan Escott. Uh, Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. And we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. We are pleased to be joined at this time for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar part of Truculent Thursdays here on Oilers Now, where we have uh, Louis DeBrusque and uh, George LaRock. We welcome back to the show longtime NHL executive, now with Sportsnet, Brian Burke. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, we've had a fair amount of discussion over the last couple days as news broke out of Arizona that Oliver ekman Larson could be in play. Uh, how does a team make that happen? And what is the importance of getting... Uh, a top defenseman. So I'm going to spin this back. First of all, do you think Oliver ekman Larson's the number one defenseman in the NHL? Yes. Okay. You didn't get one. You got two. In back-to-back years, the first two years, you were in Anaheim. How did it change the complexion of your organization when you got Niedermeyer and then Chris Pronger? Well, it put us over the top, the second one especially, but... I mean, you know, we kind of stole Scotty. I mean, he wanted to play with his brother, and we had we had Robbie under contract. So it was really a matter of just agreeing to term and money and then re-signing Robbie at the same, you know, roughly the same window. So kind of got lucky there. I can't claim any GM managerial genius or anything. It's, hey, your brother's here. You want to play with him? <laughs> so the progress was different. Uh, four teams were given a chance to make proposals on him. I don't know who the other three were, and Kevin won't tell me. But uh, probably 20 teams asked about him, 25, and then they made trade proposals to four, and we accepted it instantly. So sometimes trades take a long time. Uh, I did the Dion Phaneuf trade with Daryl Sutter in 24 hours. So then we started talking about it on a Friday. We did it on Saturday and then announced it on Sunday. So it, it can take all different you know, variations of time and effort. I I got to tell you the story, Brian, because you weren't with the Flames at the time. But during the lockout year, I went down into Red Deer uh, and fin- where Fanuf had just come back from the World Juniors, and uh, Derek Dorsett ran him on six straight shifts, like ran him, like 
12 feet from the boards, hunted him down, angled him off at the boards. Dion fended off the hit, cross-checked Derek Dorsett back, you know, back down. And I, I called Kevin on the way home and said, you guys have to sign, you guys have to draft this guy. He's a smaller guy, but he's an ultra-competitive player. I mean, Dion Phaneuf, people forget, there was a time in this league, he was the number one defenseman as well. So I guess my point is, it, it, it does it change the complexion of an organization when you have that one big horse? Because there might only be 15 true number one defensemen in the league, Brian. Yeah, but I don't think if you look at cup winners, it's very unusual to not have at least one elite defenseman. And if you go back and look at him, I don't know. I don't think he can win without stars anyway. Okay. I really believe I've always had stars. I believe that they, they drive the engine. They sell tickets. They I've had tickets from my very first or stars from my very first year in Hartford. And I believe in him. I don't think he can win without him. But I don't know about winning without an elite defenseman. I think it's almost impossible to do. The only team that I can recall, it's an unfortunate reminder for Oilers fans, I don't think Carolina in 06 had an elite yeah. defenseman. But they should have never got past Buffalo. And, you know, what it could have, should have for the Oilers. They went seven against them with their backup goalie. So yeah, and, that kind of and, that and, tells And you're right. And that team won with a no-name defense. And, and uh, the Islanders are kind of doing it to this point, although I think Pellick is an elite defender. Okay. But uh, no, it can be done. But it, it, it's much easier when you got a stud, and, and you see what Victor Hedman's doing right now. That's that's what Scott Niedermeyer does for your team. That's what Chris Parner does for your team. Different ways, but same impact. Yeah, and uh, oh, people, I'm just trying to recall: was Hedman in the lineup last year when Tampa Bay went out and Kucherov, Point, and uh, Stamkos combined for three, uh, five points in three games? Or four games between the three of them. So, yeah, I mean, I think, he missed, I think, he, missed, I think he, missed, he missed some time, right? Pretty big absence on the back end because they've kind of had some reclamation projects. Obviously, Sergeyev is going to be a good defenseman, Brian. Uh, McDonough's still a heck of a, you know, great American, excellent defenseman for a number of years, but they've sort of gap filled some other spots there. Uh, Cernak, you know, when people saw Chris Knobloch at him in Erie, he liked him a lot. So, but you're looking at Luke Shen. In fact, they dressed 70 last night, uh, but they've kind of done it. Bogosian's got a second chance at things there. Shattenkirk, different dimension. Is Tampa Bay the best team left right now, Brian? In your opinion? Yes, uh, and I and I said this. Remember, it's it's funny how people in the media how their memory improves as things go along, and they say, "I told you so," and they remember back, and they didn't tell you so. So I said, I felt <laughs> all four round robin teams in the East and all four in the West would advance. To this point, the final four teams in each conference would be round robin teams, and so you've got Vegas and Dallas round robin teams. They advanced. You've got Tampa Bay and Islanders. One of them is a round robin team. So I was right. Three of the four each got in, advanced. Um, I think they're the best team, and I think it's the general manager there, Julian Brisois, probably did more. Him and him and uh, Kelly McCrimmon. Probably did the most to improve their teams at the deadline. And, and even before, they signed Patrick Maroon, they bring in Shattenkirk, they trade for or sign Zach Bogosian as an unrestricted free agent, trade for Goudreau, trade for Coleman. That's five North American players that they didn't have last year. They're a much more North American team, much harder to play against. So I, I give a lot of credit to their GM for getting them as far as I've gotten. But, yes, they're the best team in the East. Um, I think Vegas is starting to wake up, and they're pretty close in, in terms of quality. Now, they're on the same high-end scale, high-end high, high, high end scale, 
as Tampa Bay, but they're pretty close otherwise. Yeah, obviously uh, Kelly went out, got Robin Lehner, and uh, picked up you know Stevenson and Cousins, and those are useful support players to their forward group. Oh, and Alec Martinez on defense, which, Martinez, yeah, which they needed. Um, Hey, I mentioned Derek Dorsett. Chris Russell was part of that team in Medicine Hat. I know we talked a lot about uh, them uh, going back a number of years ago. Uh, I was a big Brendan Gallagher guy. Uh, And there's something to be said for size. And look at Barzell. I mean, he's exceeded a lot of people's expectations. There are smart people in analytics, Brian, that will tell you there's four types of players that drop in the draft. Russians. Uh, guys that were injured in their draft years, guys that put up uh, disproportionately few goals versus lots of assists, and then uh, guys that are short, rel- like that are smaller guys that aren't six footers. Have do you think we're starting to see just because of the success of some smaller guys around the league, the game's not as truculent as it once was, Brian? Is there more appetite than ever before for smaller skilled players? Yeah, I, I've never heard that analytic. I just learned more about analytics in the last 90 seconds than I learned in the last 10 years. Um, because of the rule changes coming out of the work stoppage, when we seriously attacked hooking and holding and obstruction, that's when the small man was reborn in the NHL. That's when Johnny Gaudreau can play in the NHL now. And it's the same for defensemen. Tory Krug, um, it's harder for a defenseman because there's still plenty of contact, but... The small man, especially the small forward, came back with the rule changes. And now they can thrive. So Barzell, who probably would have had a hard time playing 10 years ago, is a, is a wizard out there. Like, he carried the puck into three guys last night. Yep. Everyone's saying now only a, a few players could do it. Back in the day, some one of those three would have reefed him. And <laughs> so now he can try it. I think the game's better for it. I think we've got to find balance. Thank God for the playoffs when hitting comes back into vogue. Um, during the regular season, there's too much flag football. But my faith is always restored in the playoffs because the hitting does resume and pick up. And it's crazy in the Vegas-Dallas series. The number of hits is, I think Vegas is, I think we just saw my producer sent me an for tonight's show, 51 hits in the game the other night. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, I'm an, I'm an Alberta boy that watched, you know, the Oilers of the 80s. They could score and they could fight. And even the Oilers in the 90s when they played Dallas, like Dallas was rolling with Hatcher and Mavtichuk and uh, Ludwig on defense, and they would hack and whack it, you know. You know, and they and they had toughness in their third and fourth lines. Like it, it's it is a different time, but it it does show. Like it's it's really interesting. The other thing that smaller players have to be, Brian, they got to be competitive. You know what I'm saying? Like that that is the one thing that maybe they are going to get boxed out at times physically, but when they get knocked on their ass, they got to go right back at the guy. And, you know, yeah, they can't sit there. they got to get up and keep going. Johnny Gaudreau, I know Oiler fans probably don't like talking about Johnny, but Johnny is ultra-competitive. He really wants to win. If he gets knocked down, he does get back up. Um, we, he doesn't roll around. And so you're right. That, that's an attribute they have to have. All right. Uh, speaking of Calgary, we've talked a, a bit about Ekman Larson. Uh, and Arizona's in a situation. They traded their number one this year for Hall. They've been stripped of their number one next year as well as the number two this year. Calgary's got extra picks, we should mention. Uh, they've got some uncertainty in goal, though Cam Talbot played very well for them, I thought, in the playoffs. Darcy Kemper. Could you foresee Brad Treliving having interest in Kemper, maybe giving up a first and a second to get some solidification in goal in Calgary? Well, Number one, Darcy Kemper was the best goalie in the league the first half of the year and then maybe in the playoffs early. Um, I really like him, and he's big. But he was hurt a lot last year. 
and I think the year before. So there's going to be some caution flags that come with what price tag you pay for a guy. Now, I think everyone's looking to platoon. You look at the move that Montreal just made. They're going to have a different split for Carey Price next year than they did before. Everyone's looking to a 50-30 split. And before all the people on the Internet go nuts, I know that doesn't add up to 82. It's just easier for me to talk about. So a 50-30 split or a 55-25 split, something like that. They're going to reduce the workload, which is why I think the $10 million goaltender is a thing of the past. Yep. They're going to share that workload. They're going to share that money. So with Kemper, A, how many games do they have to play? You need a 1B for me if you want to get 50 out of him and keep him healthy. But otherwise, yeah, you got to look at that. He was elite last year. He was outstanding. It's two years in a row for him now. Like His numbers have just been uh, stellar. Uh, if you were Kelly in um, – Vegas, and uh, you know, you'd suddenly sold the Brandon Wheat Kings, but uh, now you're folk <laughs> just, just having a little bit of fun there. Uh, you've got two good goaltenders, and I mean, I'm sure they'd like to keep. They're going with. They must think Robin Leonard's better right now. Well, yeah. How, so how do they make? How do they sign Leonard? And because uh, they can't have Leonard and Flurry, that's not realistic. Well, nobody's worried about that. Not you're playing in the conference finals. Man. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm looking at it from a selfish Edmonton perspective, where the Oilers might need another goaltender. What happens once you get past if if you're if you're Vegas for down the road? Okay, so let's assume they get as far as they're going to go. They lose in the conference finals. They lose in the finals, or they win a cup. Yep. Then they'll turn to the goaltenders and say, "What do you want to do?" So Flurry's agent has has totally followed this up. It was actually copacetic with the with the goalies and the team. Um, and so now it's a controversy, and they say, well, he can't come back. Well, he can't come back because he's not the 1A goalie, and you can't pay a 1B goalie $7 million. So if they re-sign Leonard, and Leonard's got to be reasonable here. He's not a young man. Right. And and there's a, there's a lot of goalies. You know, Markstrom might hit the goalie market. Kemper might be on the goalie market. Uh, Washington's goalie. So you go around. There's, there's going to be a lot of goalies you can sign. So. You say to to uh, uh, Flurry, well, okay, we'll explore trade possibilities. But they're going to have to eat probably three million of the seven to be able to move them. Yeah. So I don't see I don't see them both coming back, but it might be Flurry's a great kid, and, and his teammates really like him. It might be that Leonard asks for too much money or too much turn and moves on. So we'll see it. So there's a lot of ways this could play out yet. Yeah, it's it's the the goaltending market's going to be fascinating. Uh, it, the rest of the playoffs, obviously, I, I'm with you. I think Val, Vegas and Dallas. I'm expecting a little bit of pushback from Dallas here. Vegas kind of, they kind of. What did Ryan Reeves make that much of a difference? Do you think for Vegas the other night, or were they just no. on it? No, they, they were just, just got their game back. Ryan Reeves helps. I like what he does for their team, but they they just got back on their game. Keep in mind, Dallas in the first two games against Colorado scored ten goals. Yep. In the first two games of this series, they have won. They got to rediscover their offense to get their power play working. They got a lot of they got a lot of production from the back end, obviously uh, with Heiskanen and Klingberg. Yeah, and Brian, they're drilled now. Vegas is drilling their defense now. We're going to talk about it tonight. All right, great stuff, Brian. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me on. You bet. That is Brian Berg from her, our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Japanese Village open to serve you at any of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta's steak and tasty seafood cooked right at your table. Reservations are available. Go online at jvedmonton.ca. I'm laughing because did you hear his explanation on signing Scott Niedermeyer? 
It wasn't any brilliant GMing on my part. It was, hey, do you want to play with your brother in Southern California? <laughs> it just, uh, it's, it's the humility. And I, I, I know by the response from the text line on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, how many of you have really come. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. To appreciate having Brian on the show. George LaRock at 135, but not before we get into the Ashley Fine Floors text line after a quick timeout. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Welcome back, everybody. That guy's pretty good, that McDavid fellow. He might have a future in the game. Uh, top two in scoring the last four years. There's an old saying in the car business, cars class less in Wetaskiwin. They're big Connor McDavid fans out at uh, Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase and will continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or go online at brentridge.com. When I uh, picked up my truck from uh, Brent Ridge, one of the... Uh, Calgary Flames fanboys that's uh, employed there decided to stick a little uh, flame sticker right where the gas cap was on the inside. That's a surprise for me. I thought that was somewhat humorous. Uh, you know, they say humor is most certainly a subjective thing. Now, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Love having Brian Burke on the show. Um uh, <laughs> Bob, if Calgary got Kemper, would you consider bringing back Talbot to play with Koskinen? He was the sole reason uh, Talbot was. Calgary made the playoffs this year, uh, and he lives here in the off season. Is that correct? That that Talbot currently li- I did not know that. Uh, there you go. So you can't bluff what you don't know. I I was unaware that Cam's currently living in Edmonton. Um, you know what? I I liked. I'm not surprised. Look, the guy was a great teammate, and I'm not surprised that he got the ball instead of David Riddick. And somebody may have communicated that to some people in Calgary uh, last year after they signed him. Uh, hey Bob, what would it take to get Camper and Dvorak out of Arizona? Can you get a good deal since they're desperate for cap space and picks? Well, I'd have to. When you're talking those two players, I'd have to look up what. The contract is for Dvorak. I know Kemper's got two years at $4.5 million. Um, so I'd have to go on uh, cap-friendly here. Let's see. 
because uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember what Christian Dvorak. I mean, I've always liked Christian Dvorak. He was part of a, a terrific line uh, that helped the London Knights, and then they, they tend to be a loaded team at the best of times. Uh, but he was on the line with Matthew Kachuk and Mitch Marner in Red Deer in 2016. Dvorak uh, is making four and a half million dollars as well. Next five years, it's per, it's pricey for him. I think you're taking on nine million dollars. They would have to take back at least six. So find out a way to send them six million bucks back, and then they would want. Um, yeah, he's he. This past year was his first year on a six-year deal at four point four five. So four point five million. Boy, and their numbers bounce around. His base salary next season is three point four five million. Then he jumps to five million. Then he goes back down to three point four five. Then he goes up to five point seven two five. That's uh, he does some interesting things there, no question. Uh, you again, you'd have to divest yourself of approximately six million dollars in that situation. It would cost you a, a, a certainly a conditional number one in twenty twenty one, and probably a defense prospect, not named Bouchard. Or Broberg. Keep texting us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Jeff says, Bob, is Granlin a realistic look after he had an awful year in Nashville? Don't know. Shaner says, Bob, would you consider playing Nugent Hopkins as our third line center? I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins has to play in the top six. It's funny. I'm gonna go old school on you. Just as a matter of interest, because a little bit of a similar body type, though I don't profess to have seen this guy play live at the height of his uh, powers. But for you old school old schoolers, take a look. Just type up Norm Ullman on HockeyDB or on Hockey Reference and take a look at the stage where he progressed and took another step in his career. It was like at 27 or 28 years of age. Norm Allman's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, by the way, uh, out of Provost, Alberta. He was a heck of a player. Uh, last couple of years in the WHA end of the line, but he was in his 40s at that point. But for a number of years in Detroit, he was he was a good player, and then he elevated and became a great player at like 27, 28, and he was not the biggest guy. And some people suggested it was because he kind of, you know, strength-wise, he, he got into his late 20s and got naturally stronger. I mean, one year he led the NHL in goal scoring. So uh was at least an all-star twice in his career. Pretty obtuse reference. Bob, uh, would they – Vegas Golden Knights do a trade, James Neal for Marc-Andre Fleury from Brad. Brad, you're not the only guy to suggest that. There's been three or four other texts in that regard. Um, I don't know to answer your question. 5.75 for, what, three more years on Neil? And what's Fleury got left? Two more years? That extra year on Neil might be the uh, holdback. Uh, uh, Bob, Cam Talbot does not live in Edmonton during the offseason. He sold his house from one of his neighbors. There you go. I didn't think uh, I didn't think that Cam was still here. I'll, you know what? For Cam Talbot, I'll give you a destination place. Who did he play great against in the playoffs with the exception of you know, a, a rough sequence. Played pretty good against Dallas. If I'm not mistaken, his wife's family's from Texas. Uh, when the Oilers were trying to get Talbot from the New York Rangers, the Stars were in there pushing on him. If the Stars don't get Hudobin re-signed, I could see the, the Dallas Stars signing Cam Talbot. 128 in Edmonton, George LaRock coming up.
We're going to talk a bit about Matt Murray. Uh, we'll talk a bit about Shea Weber for PK Subban, but not before a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.